Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to be here until 11 o'clock. We are live on this holiday weekend, but feel free to get on. I know you guys are doing all sorts of other things, enjoying your weekend. But if you have a computer problem, comment, question, or concern, we are here live in studio to help you out. So feel free to get online. 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Fire it up, Matt. All right, we need some green police coming after Tesla. So as we talked about last last week, Walmart is going after Tesla for the solar panel fires that are burning down their warehouses. Uh, Walmart had seven warehouses that burned down thanks to Tesla's solar city panels, they're saying. Amazon, too, has chimed in saying, hey, we got some fires, too, from these solar panels. And it turns out the folks at Tesla knew about it. There was a big story over uh, at Business Insider, and I'll put the link here for you guys. Last year, Tesla initiated, quiet, don't tell anybody, a thing called Project Titan. Project Titan, a stealth nationwide program to replace solar panel parts that could cause fires. Now, there's a Connecticut connection here from a company called Amphenol here in Connecticut. It's located in Meriden. Um turns out that Tesla had to run around. They had 188 trucks roll to replace that what they are saying are faulty Amphenol H4 connectors that can cause fires. So I'm going to put this link up here for you for the uh, from the Business Insider. You can read the entire story. But if you have a solar city panel on your roof, you don't want a Weisenheimer like me coming up to you as the fire trucks are putting out the fire and asking you how much did you save on your electric bill before your house burned down. You need to get it inspected um, by a third party because you could have a problem. Tesla didn't tell you they had a problem, but you could have a problem. Um, So we'll put the link out here for you from Business Insider, and you can take a look at it. And uh, I just, again, any any technology where they said they're going to save you money over a 20-year period, you got to ask yourself, hmm. But number two, it's a new technology, right? There's stuff that's still going to be learned over time. Uh, about problems with this technology, and it'd be awful if you had a fire. And Walmart is suing Tesla over the fires they've had. So I'll put the link out here. You can read it yourself, and uh, you know, send the green police. <laughs> you have a story, Bob, about uh, another company similar to not not similar, but dealing with a bit of a under promise, uh, under yes. delivery, over promise problem. VW Group uh, settles lawsuit surrounding alleged 
fuel economy overstatement. Oh, boy. The settlement is worth a total of $96.5 million, and owners will receive payments based on, based on length of ownership. Got so more of a, this is, again, Volkswagen, right? Right. So, owners of certain Volkswagen Group models are in for a payday, mm. if a modest one. VW Group of America said on Friday it's reached a settlement with plaintiffs over a lawsuit that alleged, that alleged VW knowingly overstated fuel economy in section in a selection of vehicles. Right. Was it the was it the diesel ones, the ones that were spewing the extra? It doesn't pollution? say in this uh. article which ones it was. It says the settlement is worth ninety six and a half million and does not include an admission of guilt from Volkswagen. Never does. The automaker <laughs> will adjust fuel economy figures for ninety eight thousand vehicles wow. sold between twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen mm-hmm. by one mile per gallon to reflect U.S. labeling requirements. Okay. Owners and lessees will be paid from the settlement fund to reimburse them for the extra money spent on fuel based on the alleged false fuel economy ratings. Payments will depend on length of ownership with a sum of $5.40 to $24.30 heading to owners for each month they owned or leased the vehicle. Gotcha. The figures are still subject to court approval. That means that some of them were getting... Uh, 24 miles to the gallon less than what they said? I guess. Wow. That stinks. Further, VW said it will adjust its greenhouse gas credits with the (laughs) EPA. Can you believe that's a thing? (laughs) We were in Denver just recently, and and the city of Denver has been paying for for carbon credits. They're like at a critical level of haze. They're like the smog capital next to Los Angeles. like L.A. used to be? Yeah. I mean, Denver. It's it's a beautiful area. You can't... The city's covered in smog. L.A. was in a valley. So the the smog used to settle down. Same there, problem but, here, but they were paying for credits. They're they're paying off credits so that they could continue to pollute. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is another thing. Credits, come on, guys. So yeah, further VW said it will adjust greenhouse gas credits with the EPA <laughs> okay. to remove any additional credits it gained from the fuel economy discrepancy. Right. Eventually, owners will need to submit a claim. Yeah. But the process to do so isn't ready just yet. Uh, of course not. So the APA began investigating the gasoline-powered vehicles. Oh, gasoline! So it's not it's not the uh, not the diesel the diesel ones that were following polluting. VW's 2015 <laughs> diesel scandal. <laughs> okay, testing by the California Air Resources Board <clears throat> and the EPA found transmission software that caused the models to shift differently during government testing. Oh no, they they. Played games again? Oh, this is about the old one or the new? No, oh, this is the current they did issue. They it on both diesel oh, and my gas gosh. <laughs> to post better fuel economy than in the real world, oh, according to the EPA. Geez. The software was present on one million vehicles, mm. but only ninety-eight thousand cars were discovered with lower fuel economy. Interesting. So actually, it means that some of the cars actually got the fuel economy, despite the fake software or the software messing with the numbers. The testing, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll put the links out there for you guys. There for that. On Thursday, I was listening to Pastor Will's show, and he had—I was not able to call in, but he was asking about trying to find a way to become more uh, invisible online. And um, I heard somebody call in and say, "Oh, get a VPN, get a VPN, and you'll be—you'll be safe and secure online." That's not how a VPN works. Come on, guys. So. There's many, many aspects of your security and privacy that are connected when you're online. A VPN is really utilized when you're in a public area, right? If you're going to go and do anything online that you wouldn't want the guy sitting next to you in the airport, who might might be a bad guy, to see. Okay, the VPN is just that secure 
private network that you're going to put together so that you can go ahead and surf where you want or do your banking if you're really going to do a banking in your airport, which I'd recommend against. But all it does is encrypt the data between you and the website. Okay? That's all it does. It's not privacy. It's privacy from within the network you're on. So your neighbor sitting next to you on the same network can't use a tool to see what you're doing. But the people who run the VPN have the keys. They do, Bob. <laughs> and, of course, the browser you use, when you land on the page, does what? Has cookies. <laughs> so you, you're not hiding from anybody. Um, the only way, <clears throat> excuse me, the only way to deal with security is to not be online. There is no tool out there that you can trust that is going to make you anonymous. Because even with the VPN, your browsers are going to try to track you. Right, you're gonna you're gonna go to the website. The website's gonna try to track you. It's gonna say, "Oh, hey, Bob's been here. I'm a, I know this guy. I see he's also been to this place, this place, this place, this place. All the different cookies you put on your computer, all based on the browser you use. And so, in order to try to be completely anonymous, you're gonna deal with the dark web. Uh-huh. And also, you know, they say, "Oh, I see he purchased a, a widget from XYZ right. company. I think I'm gonna send him an ad for my widget." Exactly. <laughs> A case for that widget. So again, you, you can't use. There's no tool out there that I've ever seen that will give you anonymous anonymity that you can actually re- trust until you actually pay for it. So when a browser company comes out and says we are going to offer you for a hundred and eighty dollars for the browser or five hundred dollars for this browser security and an- anonymity, well then you're going to have it. But as long as you do everything for free, folks, who's the commodity? When it's free, you're the commodity. Exactly. It's a trillion-dollar business for them to know where you're going. So VPN all you want when you're surfing. It has nothing. You're, you're still not anonymous. When you end up on these web pages, they are figuring out. Oh, you're running a Windows 10 system. Oh, that that your website has gone here, 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 and here. You're probably this kind of guy. You're probably this kind of gal. You're not getting an, an, any kind of anonymity. The only place to do that. Sort of. It's not something I'm recommending. Is using the Tor network and the dark web, and you do not want to be playing around in the dark web because if you can't figure out what I just told you, you're a you're going to be a victim <laughs> in the dark web. So stay away from that, and understand that until somebody comes out with a browser where they say for 500 bucks I can make you anonymous, and if you decide to pay for it, which sadly you won't, but if you're serious about it, maybe you will. Uh, that that's coming. We're all getting a little annoyed about the fact that we're our our data is being spewed everywhere. But we signed up for it when we clicked. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that ten thousand page Eula? <laughs> yeah. Every time you say I agree, you're, you're going ahead and giving away all your privacy and your firstborn kid. We're going to take a quick break. Step out for that. Uh, Tom, hang on in East Long Meadow. Three lines open for you on this. Holiday weekend. We are here live. 1 800 966 WTIC 522 WTIC. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We have one line open for you on this beautiful Saturday morning. Feel free to get online. 800 966 WTIC. 522 WTIC. If you're listening in Florida and you're, you know, you got all your milk and bread and you boarded up the windows and you're just sitting there with nothing to do, feel free to call us. I hear it's going to turn though. I think it's going to turn. They said this morning that it turned. It may hit the Carolinas now. Uh, Yeah, they don't know where it's going to go. We'll see what happens. God knows. Exactly. (laughs) So uh, let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to Tom in East Longmeadow first. Hey, Tom, what's up? 
Hey, good morning, guys. Happy Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you too, sir. Hey, a uh, woman called last week. She was having trouble with a, a very old iPad mini mm-hmm. uh, connecting to her Frontier uh, uh, modem router. Right, and it would connect, and, and, and Mickey D is no problem. It just wouldn't connect in hers. Now, let's. I'm going to make the assumption that there's an Ethernet uh, connection on the back of that uh, router. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't she go into an older older uh, a router and, you know, so that, you know, just go from that modem into that old router and uh, hook up that way? You, you mean have her bring on a different piece of hardware? Yeah. Well, again, everything else in her home worked fine, and the iPad mini worked in a different location. So it, the, it could be that, but she didn't say she changed anything, and from my recollection, it just stopped working on her. So, well, well, I'm thinking, well, yeah, and, and, you know, more than likely the board in there or whatever, whatever's inside an iPad mini. But, you know, if, let's say Mickey D's is also using a, a router with, uh, you know, whatever older right. software in it. 802.11G uh, or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, maybe she should try that and just, because everybody's got an old modem sitting around. Yeah. You don't <laughs> want, you don't want to use multiple routers in your network. That's going to cause a mess. Um, you only want, you know, one router, a router that's going to handle DHCP. If you add a second router, I can't tell you how many um, companies, IT, IT companies we find that have done that, where they've stuck multiple routers in there handing out DHCP, and all of a sudden all sorts of conflicts occur. So you're looking at an older access point maybe, but I don't know. You're like the third or fourth call trying to offer her help with her old iPad. Um, it could be that. I don't know what it is, why it would just kick that one old iPad out of there. But it could be something new, maybe something updated on the router. You might be onto something, Tom. But trying to find old technology for old technology is usually not worth it, <laughs> right? Yeah, our, uh, I've called you in the past. Uh, we're using a uh, T-Mobile uh, hotspot. Oh yeah, our, uh, internet and everything. How's that going? Still, oh, it's, it's still fantastic. Uh, when now we're up to oh thirty, thirty-five on the download, maybe forty sometimes. Wow. And uh, twenty, twenty-five on the uploaded. More than enough to run everything we have. We ran out of uh, uh, points, though, so uh, let's see. How did my son do it now? We're going through, uh, let's see, we're going through uh, to an old to an old router yeah, and then using a Wi-Fi extender, so that way we get enough uh, access points. So Oh, I see, but you're still using the same. I think you must have been part of that, maybe some sort of, uh, beta program because T-Mobile oh, announced yeah. they're offering this Wi-Fi hotspot out there to everybody. So you're still running strong. How much do you pay for that 40, 40 megabit connection? 25 bucks a month. Jeez, that's the key. Yeah, this was on, uh, it's on the International Plus, or Plus International, Yeah. Uh, which is not available anymore. Right. Um, and it, yeah, we were guinea pigs. I, I, I have no doubt about that, that we were guinea pigs and because they, you know, they got enough people out there to to do it, and you know, more for the um, the international calling. I mean, we don't do international calling, although we were no. in Bermuda, you know, a few weeks ago, and that came in handy. Yeah, rub it in. But uh, you know, it's just uh, I, I think they got enough people to say, okay, we got enough for the test here, and then they uh, they stopped that. Yeah. And uh, of course, we're grandfathered in. My daughter's grandfathered in. But yeah, it, it works great. And yeah, I, yeah, T Mobile, T Mobile's there. I think they're they're way ahead of everybody else. I agree, and they're offering that service, so uh, we're going to find more and more folks are going to be hopefully getting access to a wireless connection to, to uh, just kick broadband out of here. 
You know, if they're not going to offer us a fair price on broadband, I was listening to an NPR. Um, it was on Market Watch. They had a, a Wall Street Journal um, reporter talking about a study they were doing. This is something I've been saying for years. If you listen to the show, uh, that shows that you really don't need a lot of broadband to get speed for your Netflix. And this uh, whole Wall Street Journal thing was, I'll link it for you, but it's got a paywall. You have to pay for it. But um, they were talking about the fact that you can go go f- do fine with 50 megabit connections on Netflix. You, know, you don't need gigabit speeds uh, or 150 or 300 or any of that baloney. It's, it's not how big your pipe is. It's really how well you use it. And it comes down to looking at Netflix doesn't need more than 50 megabits to have a high definition solution and they want to charge you gig all these crazy you know big pipes that have nothing going through them so yeah, or even that speed because you know gaming uh you know we we game uh, online gaming and it's, it's fine at 30 30 or maybe 25 even exactly now, i wouldn't want to go much lower than that but i mean so we're getting it so it's all a big scam. So it's not the big pipe you need, guys. You need a lower price on your internet connection. If they pay, if they charge about fifty cents a megabyte, a megabit, we'd be happy. And if they allowed us to buy twenty-five or thirty megabits, we wouldn't be looking to cut the cable and go into something else, or go to T-Mobile. You know, they're just a hundred, hundred bucks a month for for fifty megabits is is insane. Exactly. So, hey Tom, well, have a great weekend. Thanks. And, uh, hey, take take Monday off, will you? All right, we'll do that. You too. Yeah, take care now. Bye-bye. Yeah, I'm serious. I'll put a link up here to that article. There is a paywall behind it. Uh, You can also find the Market Watch article, too, from uh, on NPR. But it was – I mean, it's what I've been saying. It's what I've been saying forever. You don't need bandwidth to do what you're doing online. You can have all the happy streaming you want with with Prime and Netflix and whatever you're doing. If you want to just cut the cable for the cable television and use YouTube TV – we are happy in our home with about 60 mega, 65 megabits of uh, bandwidth. Five kids, uh, five people, streaming and gaming and downloading with no buffering at all. <laughs> so don't let them fool you. We're going to be here till uh, 11 o'clock. Feel free to get online, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. Two lines open for you on this holiday weekend. We'll be right back. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. All the lines are jammed up on this Saturday morning. Thank you guys for joining us. And everything we've been talking about has been posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. Let's get right to your calls. We're going to go to uh, Bill in Berlin. Morning, Bill. Hi, gentlemen. Um, I uh, Thank you for your help in suggesting I get a brand new computer. I got a, a new Windows 10 Dell Inspiron, okay. with a, and, and we partitioned the drive. Um, I set up a couple of, account, I guess, an admin account and one personal account. All right. And it's from a big local electronics retailer. Mm-hmm. Um, the geeks helped me out, but mm-hmm. they and I have not been able to create a recovery drive with three brand-new USB sticks, 16 gigabytes or bigger. Yeah. Unless I deselect the backup system files uh, um, option. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking if I have to deselect that, it's, it's not actually creating any kind of recovery system. So what I don't understand is if I they, – they're telling me um, at the store that, uh, well, with Windows 10, you don't really need a recovery drive. <laughs> Why? Because it doesn't fail? <laughs> 
Why would they say that? Go ahead and tell me. Tell us, Bill, why would they say you don't need a recovery drive for Windows 10? <laughs> uh, their explanation was is you can uh, download Windows 10 uh, from from the Internet anytime if you ever need it. Okay, so technically, right? So it depends on your – so this is like the definition of is, right? What does it mean to recover is where they are. So they're saying, Bill, if you want to – if the word recovery means to you an operating system on the drive again – they're kind of right. You can download it again if you have the key, put it in there, and you're back to factory fresh. But if you want to recover the way you were before you crashed, that's a different kind of recovery, right? Yeah, although actually um, I, I haven't done anything besides you know, setting up the, I don't know, a, a drive partition. So it, it is pretty close to factory fresh. Then that's – so – that's the key here. So then all you want, you don't even care about the backups pieces. You just want the recovery of see, the operating see, system. See, I think you kind of shot yourself in the foot when you set up your partitions manually. Mm. Because with today's drives being as cheap as they are, if you just go through the standard installation on a single drive, then what I would do is put in a second drive and use that for your data. But it'll create its own recovery drive by default. Right. So, but the word recovery here for you, Bill, is you want to be able to have the operating system again should you need it. Yes. That's your key here. Not recovering from a crash so that you can be operational the way you load all your software. That's different, right? You know, if, you, if your software's on there and all your, all your uh, applications and all that, you don't care about That's not what you're hoping for. You're hoping for just getting back to factory fresh. Yeah, yeah. I want to get a, you know, my, my backup uh, of my own data um, as I go in the future. Ah, that's so separate, that's... Uh, that's a different. Yeah. That's a different idea of recovery. Well, well, no. I mean, what I'm saying is, is, is that that is separate from the, the the recovery of the OS that that I'm unable to do. Correct. So when they're when you when they're telling you that it won't select any of that backup data, you, that's not really the point of that recovery disk. You're, they're trying to produce the software to be reloaded factory fresh again. So you can do that reload. You can go ahead and do that recovery on the 16 gig USB. That's just going to be the operating system. And that should do it for you. You can even test it. You get nothing on there. Why don't you test how to recover from a crash? What could go wrong, right? What's the worst thing that well, can happen? Yeah, so every time I, we try to do that, um, we get the message. At, you know, it would, it would go through the motions and show the progress bar. Um, and then at the end, it would say, we can't create the recovery drive. A problem occurred while creating the recovery drive. Is your USB stick formatted properly? Uh, they were All three of them were brand new from the same store um, or well, the, you uh, you've uh, you have uh, pre-partitioned your hard drive, though, correct? Mm -hmm. That was the one thing that I had them do before we created the recovery drive. Okay, yeah. so what I think you need to do is go in and delete all the partitions off of that drive and let uh -huh. the install take care of it. If you want to really repartition it later, you can do that with special software, but. Uh, Personally, I just as soon put in a second drive as cheap as they are. That would be a um, a new physical hard drive to Correct. open up the machine. Correct. Yeah, that's what he's saying. But um, there are there is some articles out here about this issue. Uh, and yeah, it uh, looks like it it goes back. Uh, I don't know, to twenty sixteen or something. I think. Yeah, it's the the whole thing with Microsoft. <laughs> They just they just couldn't stamp a you know a four cent disc for you, 
um, and just give you your software. They're making you, the consumer, now create something that they should have just given you with the silly software in the first place. Well, I think the reason for that is is they're concerned about the pirating. I guess. Wah, 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 Microsoft, Microsoft. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to find a good article here that we can post for you to try a few other things. I mean, Bob's making a point there, but you're not alone with this problem. Um, there's another four solutions recovery Windows 10. Easy. All right, so Easy US. So, do you have any kind of backup that you're planning on, Bill? Um, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> um, I'm going to put a link up here for from EasyOS about this, or EZUS is what it's called. They also do a good backup software that's, that's free called To Do Backup. It is, a, it is a Chinese company, so I can't vouch. Oh boy. Yeah, I know, right? So in my case, I'm backing up pictures. So if all they want is my pictures, they can have them. Um, if, it's some sort of, if it turns out to be that these guys are stealing our data, <laughs> there's nothing on my computer that, that I care about except for the pictures. Uh, but they give you some information here as far as how uh, you can create... Um, a recovery drive with USB and some of the problems that are occurring with USB. Um, sometimes it has to do with formatting, like I was saying. Um, you may not have it formatted properly, and uh, that might be part of the problem here is that when you stick the disk, the USB drive in there, if it's not really ready for prime time, properly formatted, um, it can't go ahead and load. I think the recovery the system uh, does a reformat. Did you see it happen? Uh, let's see. Uh, I've got some screenshots here. Oh, you did? Yeah. Wow. You're pretty geeky yourself. <laughs> uh, select the drive. The drive must hold 16 gig and everything will be deleted. Oh, wait a minute. So only 16 gigs. The other problem could be is it's it may not quite be 16 gigs. If you have a yeah, six... so it, I, I did try it with a 32 gig and oh. it didn't work either. All right. And Keep and poke holes. You're poking holes in everything we're trying here. Well, no, I, I think the um, the partitioning may may be uh, maybe part of your problem. Yeah. Why do you use your partition anyways? Just to be a neatnik? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm old enough to remember DOS. Exactly. Nowadays, you don't need to necessarily partition the drive. You can have a C drive, and you can say, "I've got the bill folder." And I've got the Betty folder, and I've got the you know the the Bob folder. Well, you don't need to necessarily have a separate drive because the physical drive is still the same drive. Back in the older days, you'll remember this: that you had a two gigabit limit. That's true. On the, software. the size of the uh, partition you could create. Yeah, you had to. So partition. you basically had to partition back then. Right. But we don't have those limits anymore. So. Right. You don't have the need that you used to have. And then, you know, keeping your data separate from your operating system and your applications made a lot of sense logically. In the old days. In the old days. Nowadays, okay. you can just use folders. So probably it could be that your partitions are causing some heck for Windows to create that's my theory. the recovery. Okay. I guess that's where I'm going to go because I don't know if it's 256 or 512 uh, gig SSD, but I don't want to open up the machine to put in another drive if uh, we can avoid that. And you part, so it's, it's that small of a drive as it is. It's only 256? Um, what is it, a quarter, quarter terabyte? Okay, yeah, 256. Yeah. That's pretty small. I got a feeling you're going to be opening that machine down the line if you want to do anything with it. It's a great boot disk, great boot disk, but. Fast. Yeah, nice and fast, but you're going to run out of space. I can't 
can't remember. It might be 512. But, uh, That's good. Yeah, I, I don't intend to, to, to use it a lot for data. Okay. Uh, it's more of a, a banking-type machine. All right. Well, then I would, I would tell you that why don't we just try it with a single drive? If you need more yes. space, you can always put a USB uh, drive. External drive, yeah. External drive. Yeah. But I, right, so. I bet you it's the partition that's causing you trouble. I will delete that partition, and, and just so you know, it, um, from my, one of my screenshots here says creating the recovery drive, and then underneath the progress bar it says formatting the drive. Okay, so it is trying to format it, but yeah. something's going wrong. I, I will right. put the link up here for you from Izu. Uh, so I'll tell you, after you've got this recovery going, all that recovery means is you have the software back to factory fresh. If you want to restore from a backup to actually recover stuff, then you need another technology. So let me ask a you one question. When you created the partitions, did you leave any raw, unpartitioned space available on that drive? Raw, unpartitioned? Um, I I don't think so. I I guess what we did, um, I don't have the machine open right now, but I'm pretty sure what I did is like, I told you guys, like, okay, call uh, operating system the C drive, and the one that's left, if D drive's not taken, call that D drive for data. So what you did was you used up all the space for your partitions, and you didn't leave enough space for the install to be able to create that recovery partition that it needed to have in order to install. And to put it on the USB, because he wants to put it on the USB right, drive. Right, but you also need to have space that's raw space mm. uh-huh. Maybe for, for the I, install. Okay. I assume there was space left over in the, in the C section. Because no, 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 no. If it's in the C section, it's not available. It needs raw Raw Understood. space, which is okay. unpartitioned, not, you know, unused. Hmm. Okay. So would there be like a second partition then? And then the you wouldn't, it would just be an on open. the other side of this. I'm sorry? It would just yeah. be an open spot on the drive. So if you were to look at the okay. drive and you had a partition utility and you deleted all your partitions, all your space would be raw space. Right. Okay. So if you created. With nothing on it. With nothing on it. Then if you created two partitions but left, let's say, um, 30 gig, 20 gigs, I don't know. Maybe, uh, yeah, 20 gigs or 50 gigs unpartitioned, just raw, it may have enough space to be able to put it in. I can't remember off the top of my head how much space it needs to be able to do do its job. Right. Okay. But try the single partition. All right. All right. Well, thank you again. Yeah, good luck, Bill. Let us know how it goes. Okay. All right. Cheers. Yep. All right. So he's going to try some... Drive work. We're going to take a quick break here. Bob, Michael, and Dennis, hang on. This is Computer Talk. Everything we've talked about is posted live over at computertalkwithtab.com by Mike G. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And we're going to get right to your calls. You're going to go to Michael in Farmington. We have no idea what Michael's question is. What's up, Mike? How are you this morning, guys? Thanks for taking my call. Our pleasure. I have a, uh, a Seagate external hard drive. Yep. Uh, it's three, three terabytes. And this past week, it stopped being recognized by the PC as I booted up. Oh, boy. And normally when, when it's recognized, it says uh, I'm using one terabyte and I've got two available. Yeah. So now it just shows it as the F drive. Uh, but no statistics as to what's uh, used and not used. Oh, boy. And I'm wondering uh, what suggestions you might have, either for software to help with the recovery or a, bi- a local business that might be in that uh, line of work of recovering Data. drives that are having trouble. Yeah. So first of all, 
how do you know it's the drive or your USB connection? Well, I have moved it between two other PCs. Okay. okay. Same and result? I'm getting the same, same thing. All right. So then the drive is showing some sort of failure. Right. It's about a three-year-old drive. Okay. No backup of it? No. Okay. So there is a professional company that we recommend all the time that's not local. Um, it's local okay. enough. It's in New York. Um, I think they're still around. They're called Kroll on Track. They might just be called OnTrack these days, but Kroll OnTrack uh, okay. does data recovery. And for about $100, they'll tell you how much it's going to cost to recover. Okay. So, And that price could be anywhere from I've seen 500 3000 you name it. It all depends on the difficulty of the recovery, and that all depends on the type of problem you're having. Gotcha. So, But they'll, for about 100 bucks, they'll tell you what it's going to cost. Um, all right, but for the $100, they'll tell you if it could be recovered and, if so, what the cost would be. Right, but they won't be able to tell you if the data is going to come back healthy. Like, you know, you could have a terabyte of data on there, and they may only be able to recover half of that if it's if it's viewable, if it's not damaged, if it's not on a damaged part of the disk that's failed or who knows what. They're not going to promise you anything. Okay. And they don't charge you by the recovery of the data, how much data you're reco recovering. They charge you by the difficulty to even recover it, if that makes any sense. Okay, sure. It, it's a... It, they charge you by the gig, it'd be a whole different matter. But um, as far as other options locally, I couldn't really give you any. And there probably are tools you could try. The problem is the tools you start running on your drive could damage your ability to recover from a professional recovery service. So it depends on how critical this data is. So if this right. is really important to you, I would not mess around with it. And I would just send it off to, to the company I just mentioned or, or a similar okay. company, a data recovery company, so they can help you. All right. All right. I'll look into that. Then. Yeah, we'll put a link up there for you. Sounds great. Thank you very much. Appreciate your help today. Oh, well, I, I wish you the best, Michael. Hopefully you get your data back. Thank you. Yep. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, be careful with that because if you start messing around with tools and software that, quote-unquote, tries to help you, you could make it worse. Uh, let's go on to Bob and Waterbury. Hey, Bob. How you doing, guys? Good, Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'm just looking at my Xfinity bill, and it says what's included in my packages is download the Internet as fast as 250 megabits. You sure uh, don't, don't need that. Yeah, I know. My daughter's got a laptop. We don't do no gaming. Yeah. So what do I do? Just call them up and say, like, cut it down by a three quarters? You, you want to reduce? You can say, I want the lowest internet you provide, which most likely is going to be about fifty to a hundred megabits. If you go below that, like twenty-five, you might have some trouble. But you really only need about fifty megs for if it's just the two of you. Yeah, yeah. And we don't do no gaming at all. Yeah. All we have is a Wi-Fi, and she uses her laptop. Right. You have a monster pipe there. So just equate it to your water service. How right. how large is your water line coming into your house? About three quarter right. inch. Not two hundred and fifty megabits wide. Exactly. If you would take your water line and, and turn it into a sixteen inch water main, is what you're paying for. Right. And they know you're not going to use that much water because you're just taking a shower. Right. So I just call them up and say, uh, cut it down by uh, two hundred mega. Give me fifty. Right. And now the other alternative is when they say, no, Bob, here's your lowest price we can give you. Well, you can say, well, I can go to this other company. Who only only can is capable of giving me this amount of megs, and that's all I need, and my price will be a third. So you're gonna right. you may have to call the other company that's in the area and see right. what their speed is, so you can go to the Comcast or whoever they are you're dealing with and say, look, yeah. I have an alternative that'll offer me less bandwidth for less money, right. and then they might, if they they might offer. Well, you. I've been I've been with them for a million years. Oh, they don't I, care. And, well, yeah, I pay them. Uh, I keep saying, you know, lower my bill because. Pretty soon, like we're going to have the telephone poles are going to be gone. We'll be have 
what do you call it, the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi. over the air. Yeah, you're gonna hopefully. Have, yeah, hopefully someday. Or you're gonna have a, a third competitor come in there, like uh, with fiber service, uh, that'll offer something more competitive. But you do not need 250 megabits, my friend. No. All right. Now the modem rental. I know uh, you guys mentioned this before, so I just go to one of the big box stores there. Yep. And uh, now the modem, you know, I'm kind of a geek. At, well, I'm not a geek at this stuff. That's the thing that all the wires are plugged into. Now, is that is that the Wi-Fi and everything? Depends on what you're getting for service. So probably is. They're going to put in a big box that does wireless and routing and everything for you. Um, so right. you need to buy your own modem and your own right. router. Okay, so those are two different things then. Correct. And you're probably renting. Do you have cable service too? Yeah, so you're renting the cable boxes too. So if you look at your bill, just your hardware rentals alone are probably yeah. thirty or forty bucks a month. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, you got the uh, universal connectivity charge, regular thirty, the broadcast fees. And oh all yeah. Oh, oh, you add all those fees on top of that for the broadcasting. It's insane. I mean, all the taxes, yeah. all the the war of eighteen twelve fees. Do you yeah, have? I see one down the bottom. The Connecticut gross receipts fees. Uh, meanwhile, our transportation fund is broke. So, <laughs> no, don't even get us started there. That's a whole different show. Is money not going to the transportation fund. Uh, don't All even... right, thanks, guys. So you... I'm going to call them up and say, hey, you know, cut it down. Yeah, you don't need that much bandwidth. No. Okay. All, all right. right, thanks, guys. You got it, Bob. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, it's all a big, that's all a big scam for most home users. You know, if I, got, if I can deal with three boys, myself, my wife, and we have... About 65 megs. We pay $83 for 65 megs. It's a weird price, I know. I should pay a little much less than that, but I'm paying way too much for my, my megabits. But I get 65 megabits, happy as a clam. No you know, buffering, as it were. My high, I get all these high-definition movies coming down when we're watching something on Prime or whatever. It works fine. You don't need that much bandwidth. And I put the link out there for you from the article from the Wall Street Journal where they did the big investigation to find this out, which is, hey, at least somebody did it. Good. Uh, and they'll tell you the same thing. you got to go through the paywall. Marketplace, you know, Kai Rizdal there uh, had them on and did an uh, interview with them about this as well to try to explain that all this bandwidth is just smoke and mirrors, guys. You're paying for something you don't need. And they know it. They definitely know it. Let's go to Dennis and Avon. What's going on, Dennis? Hey, good morning, guys. Love morning. the show. Thanks. A long-time listener. Thank you. Uh, my computer apparently seems every time I get a Microsoft update or download running Windows 7, I get this little message that says something about a program called BitDefender, and it says there's something wrong with it. Now, I've scraped my computer. It's not a listed program anywhere. So I'm thinking it's a subroutine or a subprogram of something else. Well, BitDefender is an antivirus program. Okay. So you must have loaded it at one point, or it came with your computer, and then it finally expired, um, or you need to upgrade it. So Bitdefender is out there. It's it's a company out of Romania. Yeah, that I looked that up. I found that out. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they say their claim to fame is protecting over 500 million systems. However, they're recently in the news for another problem. Um, their software is being used maliciously um, by a third party. I can put that link up there for you, too, if you are Bitdefender fans. Well, here's um, the thing. I, I looked up, you know, where in the computer it says, you know, all programs. It doesn't show anywhere as a freestanding program. And somewhere I picked up that it may have been a sub-program of another program that we use. Yeah, so it came along 
came along with it. Yeah. Um, well, again, so if you if you haven't paid for it, and it's not active. You can try to uninstall the program that's it's connected to, and that's the hard part, Bob. There's an uninstall utility. We can put a link to. Oh, okay. For. Yeah, no, I'm good about that. I just can't find it anywhere on my machine as such as a freestanding program. Right. It's not. You got to download it. So go to Computer Talk with Tab. Okay. And we'll have a link up there for you for the uninstall for Bitdefender. And, and the uninstall might be able to kind of rip it out of there for you, and uh, that'll alleviate the error we're hoping. Okay. Fair All enough. Right. All right, Dennis. Appreciate it. Take oh, care, guys. You too. Bye. Bye bye. Yeah. We'll put more links up there for you, a little more information about Bitdefender on their recent news issues. We're going to be here until 11 o'clock, four lines wide open. I know it's a beautiful Saturday holiday weekend, but give us a ring. We'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.